Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again, we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God. And we're going to be looking at things that are going on in the world today to see why that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not saving us from the turmoil and conflicts of the world today. And of course the reason why is we have not heard the gospel. We are not following Jesus Christ and we are not doing what he told us to do. People want to believe that they believe in Jesus, but they have been following blind guides. They have not really heard the wholeness of the gospel. They are not seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is what Jesus told us to do. So, because we're following blind guides, they lead us into temptation. They lead us over a precipice of destruction. They lead us back into bondage where we are again entangled in the elements of the world and have for us a yoke of bondage. Now when I talk about that, a lot of people want to get out of the system. They want to get free and all this stuff. What they're supposed to be doing is seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, Christ gave us lots of uh, parables and even some directives on how to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But we're not doing those either. We're not following those instructions. We have hired ear ticklers to make us feel good about the sins against Christ that Christians do daily as a matter of policy. But if I come along and show you exactly where you are doing the opposite of Jesus Christ, you will not like me. Many of you will not like me. You will hate me. You will hate me because I am telling you where you have been deceived. I'm I'm literally in your mind attacking your faith, which is actually your delusion. Now, those are pretty strong words, and that, that we'll have those uh, recorded. And I sent out a notice on the network that uh, we were going live on Keys of the Kingdom today, and going to be telling you what you're missing in the gospel that you're being preached by modern preachers. Christ commanded that you sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Which would be, tens would be small groups of individual families. Hundreds of families would come together by ten of these groups coming together. Thousands of families would come together in this network of tens, hundreds, and thousands. The early church that we, you know, we show in the book Thy Kingdom Come. We could actually show you far more examples than are in that book, but I didn't want to make it so long. All our books are, we try to keep them around 144 pages. And, but it's very clear that the early church was organized in that fashion of the tens, hundreds, and thousands. The, the Dutchin, the, the, the deacons, 
that we call them, the ministers, the servants. They were servants of ten. Now, you know your body is actually organized in the same fashion. Every cell in your body is connected with other cells. And in your body, there are cells that have a certain awareness, certain understanding of their job as cells. It's a minor understanding, but it's very complex creature, your cells. But when you get invaded by something they call a virus, which is really just an exosome from another creature, another entity that is living on the face of the earth, somehow or other their exosomes get into your body and they are able to unlock one of your cells and you replicate that cell in that uh, that exosome in your body. And that's called a virus. It's just an exosome, but we call it a virus because it has a a bad effect on some people. And it gets in there, and we've explained all this during this coronavirus news that had been going on, but now we're moving on to riots. Did you realize that the riots are the same, are, have the same source of problem that we had with the coronavirus shutdown? There would have been no coronavirus shutdown if we had solved the actual problem which Christ came to tell you how to solve if you were actually real Christians doing what Christ said to do and what the early church was doing. There would not have been a coronavirus shutdown. There would have hardly been a coronavirus. There would have been very few people sick. And many of those people would have got well really quick. Had you been doing what Christ told you to do. Because you would know what to do about the coronavirus. And m- most of you would have gotten well. I mean, the vast majority of you would have not even hardly been sick. At all. You would have even never known that you got coronavirus and got better. And as a matter of fact, after you got coronavirus and you got better... You walking around and not social distancing, but loving one another, greeting one another with a holy kiss, would have stopped the virus cold. (laughs) Yeah, it says in the Bible that we're to greet one another with a holy kiss. If you had been doing that, you would have stopped the virus cold. But you are following blind guides, and you are also following liars and deceivers. Because some of those blind guides are not just blind guides. They are manipulating you. And they're doing it through things like media. You know, back before World War II, you you had no way, you know, like when Lincoln was running for president, he rode in a train and then he gave speeches in every town the train went through off the back of the train. And uh, his opponent... Like Douglas was also on the train, and you would go go to they would go to the back of the train, and they would debate one another in every little town. Now this was a decided advantage to Lincoln, who was a great debater, and then every little clever little trick <laughs> that Douglas would try to pull to make Lincoln look bad, Lincoln would turn it on him, and he could do it really quick off the cuff because he was a he was great at that thinking fast. But unfortunately, then the next stop, Douglas had to come up with something different because he knew that backfired. You know, like when Douglas called Lincoln a two-faced. He said Lincoln was two-faced and you shouldn't elect him. 
And Lincoln got up after that humiliating accusation and said to the crowd, Gentlemen, I put it to you. If I was two-faced, would I be wearing this one? (laughs) And of course, Lincoln was not the prettiest guy in the world. And everybody broke out laughing. Well, Douglas knew I'm never going to use that (laughs) ploy again. But today we have media, which started with uh, people, you know, like uh, Mussolini. Mussolini set up a radio station and then broadcast that radio station with big electrical megaphones all over the square so that everybody could see him up there in that little balcony and he would give his prepared speech. And it was, I mean, it was completely, when you see him in uniform giving the speech, it's completely different than his natural demeanor. It's a show. But he worked the people up and they followed him to their destruction, at least almost to the end of the war. Then they switched sides. And then they killed him and his wife. But the reality is, is that media has a tremendous power because one voice can speak in the ear of everybody. And if that one voice lies and you do not know it, you catch their disease, the lie of their disease. And so... In your body, when a foreign invader, an exosome comes in, and we call it a virus, and it goes to your cells, and it tries to unlock your cells and get into the cells so the cell will replicate it, many people will not let that virus into their cells. Their system is so identifiable, they will not even get sick. The contagion will not go to them. And this is one of the things, that there's about three or four things that were obviously, blatantly obvious that the coronavirus was not a danger. And of course people say, well look at all the people who died. You're believing the lie. All those people didn't die. You know, what have I told you that uh, George Floyd who recently died in police custody. He wasn't murdered. He died in police custody. But he had coronavirus. He tested positive in the coronavirus. Did you know that? So that means the cause of death now, because they're doing this in many states, because he had coronavirus at the time he died, they have to write the cause of death down as coronavirus. So they should let the policemen go because they didn't kill him. Coronavirus did, right? (laughs) That's the reasoning that you get from the media. I mean, you should get, you won't get it because the media wants you all worked up that policemen are bad and we want to get rid of policemen and defund policemen and, and all this stuff. Now, the fact that you have police departments that are supposedly keeping the peace in your country or in your city or in your community, that's that's the end result of something that is bad that you don't know anything about. But the police themselves are not necessarily bad. They're, they can be actually serve a good purpose. It's like Kane. In Kane City State, they had to have police. But in the, uh, in the, the people that followed Abel and Seth, they didn't have any police. They didn't need a police force. Now they had certain people that would be kind of watchmen, but they weren't a police force. So what did they have if they didn't have a police force? 
Well, they could get away with not having a police force because they were actually doing things according to the way that God intended them. Now, Cain got to have his city-state. He could do that. He could have his altars and he could plow his Adama. And for those of you who have been listening for a long time, you understand the metaphors. Most of you out there in the world do not understand the metaphors that are in the story of Cain and Abel. And what you're seeing now are people getting beat in the streets and uh, buildings burned down. This is because most of the people who think they are Christians or Jews or even Muslims are actually following the ways of Cain. They are following in the the Corbin of the Pharisees that is making the word of God to none effect. So they are going to destroy themselves. And they are going to take down as many people as they can as they destroy themselves. The problem is not George Floyd. It's not the fact that George Floyd had PCPs in his uh, system, that he was out of control, that he extremely was violent in the resistance of the being arrested by the police. He fought with the police for some time. The media has videos of that and did not show it to people. Instead, painted a scenario that he does not appear to be resisting the police. And then they show a short clip from a street cam that does not show him resisting the police. If you look at his face, you actually know there's something going on in this man. He has a very pained and agonizing look in his face. He hasn't been brutalized or anything by the police. He is drugged out. Did you read the toxicology report of George Floyd? Did the media show you all the different drugs that he had in his system at the time he died? It is amazing he was walking around <laughs> with the, the levels of PCP and, and other narcotics that was in him. Methamphetamines, uh, marijuana. Uh, now the marijuana and the uh, THC, that could have been in him for quite a while. But the, he recently was in, put into his blood, got into his blood, other uh, drugs. And this is why he violently resisted the police. It took four men to finally uh, hold him down. They could not get him loaded into the car. They fought and fought trying to get him loaded in the car. With no real damage to him, he finally did hit his face on the sidewalk when they finally just decided to hold him there. They called an ambulance. He just had a bloody lip, maybe a little bit of blood, uh, scratches on his forehead. But he was had no, in the final analysis, at the toxicology and autopsy, George Floyd had no injuries that would cause death. There, he received no injuries. Detailed autopsy of his neck and head showed no injuries to his head or neck, to his windpipe, no bruising, no mucus, no sign of strangulation whatsoever by a medical examiner of over 20 years experience in another state who is also the chief of medical uh, examiner for numerous counties not just that county he says there is no sign that he was strangled or asphyxiated 
He, when he was saying he could not breathe, he was probably having heart trouble. Because he already had a heart condition. The police don't know that he has a heart condition. We, we hear things like digging his knee into his neck. That's not what I see on the videos. I know how to, to hold a person down. As a matter of fact, I've arrested somebody not far from that location in Hennepin. Actually, one block off of Hennepin Avenue, I've arrested two black people who had just beat somebody bloody <laughs> and then tried to flee the scene. I subdued them and took them back to the scene of the crime. And then, uh, well, I won't go into the whole story, but that particular incident, when I saw the people, all the people I was protecting disappear and all the ruffians and uh, pimps that are or that are sometimes near there. They're the only ones you can see on the street. They were surrounding me and threatening me. That's one of the big things when you're arresting somebody is somebody else may try to do something. I hadn't pulled a gun or anything like that. I simply subdued them and was taking them back to the where because they had run down the street and I was taking them back to the scene. And then another police cruiser came up and then we were okay. But when I saw nobody else cared. That nobody else was going to stand up. Nobody else was going to back me up. I decided I didn't want to be in police work anymore. That was over 50 years ago. And I left police work and never looked back. And the reality is, is I know people on the police force in Minneapolis now. And I did not see that guy ever. His weight was on his right knee. He was holding the guy there for not more than eight minutes while they waited for an ambulance to put him on an ambulance, get a medical treatment for his lip, and then they could strap him in on a gurney and transport him with that because they could not get him loaded because he resisted so much. They're not telling you that. They're not reading you the toxicology reports. They're not telling you that he had no life endangering injuries. They're not telling you that there was a detailed autopsy of his neck, his throat, his uh, the back of his head, uh, uh, his scalp. There was no sign of any bruising except for a little bit on his forehead that he got when he went down on the sidewalk because he was resisting arrest. They did not brutalize him. But the media wants you to think that and people are so frightened that they, they're capitulating to the mob. And the mob is being used to force and project a political agenda. And they don't care that they burn down your city. They want that scenario repeated over and over again in the media. It's like all those speakers of Mussolini around the crowd where they were hearing from every different direction the same message, only Mussolini. Very loud speakers. Nobody had done that until Mussolini did it. But now we have, we have it coming over our iPods and our phones and our, and radio and TV and it's just repeated until you believe it. You are being brainwashed and you actually show up to be brainwashed. But the same is true of the gospel. You're not hearing the wholeness of the gospel. Now, I actually have a uh, kind of a distant niece uh, who lives in New York, and she thinks that 
you know, cops are bad. <laughs> I don't, I would not want to live in New York without a few cops because you people will not defend her or anybody else <laughs> when bad things happen. At least the cops will show up and try to protect her. She has actually two cousins who are on police forces. And yet, or actually she has even, you go into distant cousins, there's even more. I've got, uh, several nephews and, 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 di- and nephews once removed that are in sheriffs and police departments. But, uh, and they, they, one's a better cop than others. Another one is very strict by the book and everything. And, uh, they're pretty good cops, generally speaking. But, uh, it's a rough job. People don't understand what the job is. And like I said, I have taken people down <laughs> on those same streets. I know how difficult that is, how dangerous that is. And if you don't have the backup of citizenry, that is a very traumatic event. Now, do do, uh, do cops make mistakes and actually kill people or cause the death of people? In this case, I don't believe that officer intended to kill I'm reserving judgment. I'm just not being... See, what has happened is the media has tried those officers in the media by removing information they have available to them from their reports. This is why you have trials. That's why you have discovery, where people have to share the information they have so that you have whole facts on both sides and that they are presented openly uh, where people are accountable for what their testimony is. They cannot bear false witness or they may be held for, uh, guilty for the same crime. The media is not doing that. Now, we've, the thing is, uh, to me, is amazing is we saw the Covington boys accused of harassing some poor Indian who was beating a drum on uh, public... Uh, in the public square, I guess it was in front of uh, Lincoln Memorial or someplace. And uh, it's fine that he's doing that, but he was harassing them, not they harassing him. Uh, The reports had the whole video, but they did not show you the whole video. They cut and clipped to create a false narrative. Well, CNN did it. Washington Post did it. Lots of people. CNN was just sued for $800 million. They settled out of court some say for as much as $285 million, $200 million maybe. I don't know. And probably going to be paid out over a long period of time. But the reality, and the lawyers are going to get a lot of that. But now they've turned around and they sued others. Good for them. Because that was, that was life-threatening. That was rabble-rousing the people. That was, that was all. Their reports were hate speech. They were trying to get people worked up. They did this with story after story after story. And you keep falling for it. And you keep falling for it because you're not actually hearing the gospel. We'll be back. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So, occasionally a cop will injure somebody. Might do it by mistake. Might even do it because he got angry or upset. you got to remember these these people are often arresting people who are not cooperating, who are calling them names, who are uh, pushing back, and yet they have to they have to arrest them because they are actually menacing the public. They are endangering the public. 
And that's what they're hired to do, and they have to do what they're hired to do. So they go to try to arrest them, the person resists, and they end up fighting this 235-pound, four professional bouncer, and they are getting pummeled around too. It, most people didn't notice it. I saw it right away because I'm a little bit more observant sometimes than other people, or at least seem to be. Personally, I think I miss an awful lot. But uh, the officer's badge was turned almost upside down. Why? Because he had just been in an altercation with this guy, wrestling. And he evidently knew the guy. They had worked in the same location. They weren't, you know. Somebody said because they knew him, it was obviously that this was a racially motivated. Why? Why? Because they knew him. Would you consider it to be racially motivated? <laughs> just because he knew him? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I was... Uh, I, I debated a few people on on a private uh, network that uh, is part of the intellectual dark web, and uh, and these there's a lot of trolls there, but there's a lot of very intelligent people, and I laid out this case, and and I, I studied it. Like I said, I've read the the preliminary co- coroner's report. I've read the coroner's report, twenty page coroner's report. <laughs> I had to look up some of the stuff because I had to understand what different things were. I looked at as many videos as I could see, and I can tell you that many of the videos that you should see are no longer available. They have been removed by, I don't know, Google, Facebook, somebody. They're not letting you see those. There are also camcorders on the the police officers had, you know, body cams. We haven't seen that footage. Yet everybody has decided what happened there based on what the media is letting you see. And you are falling for it again. And now dozens of people are dead. Because the media has been pushing hate speech and lies and misinformation. And you keep letting them do it. And you have no defense against it. And I'm telling you the reason why you have no defense against it is you have not listened to the gospel. Now, you may not have heard it because your preachers aren't preaching it, but you may not have heard it because you don't have ears to hear. So all the problems in America today and in the world today are because you're not listening to the gospel of the kingdom and you're not following the way of Christ. And before we're done, we're going to show you how far off the mark you are. So you can get aim and start seeking what you're supposed to be seeking. And it's certainly not righteous to listen to liars and go off and burn down buildings and beat up people because you think there's been an injustice. There has been an injustice probably to those police officers. They should have been, at at worst, they should have been suspended while an investigation took place which would take at least a week to put together all the data. There's a lot of videos. You have to download those videos. There's a lot of people who had phones. They videoed. You want to see this from every angle. You want to get names and and testimony of all the people involved, and what they saw, what the media doesn't let you see, and then put it together in an investigation and find out what actually happened. Because what they're telling you happened is not weighing out with what I see. Now, other people saw some of the same videos and they seemed to see things that I could not see there. I went back and looked at the video. I don't see that. (laughs) You know, you can show them the exact same video and they see one thing, you see another. That's because the problem 
is not the event. The problem is the way you see the event. That's the same thing with the gospel. The problem is not with the gospel. The problem is not with the Bible. The problem is the way you see it. Because you don't have eyes to see it or you're following blind guides or you just haven't ever been awakened. You don't want to be awoke. You want to be awakened (laughs) by the Holy Spirit so you can see what's going on. So anyway, so we've talked and talked and talked about the virus and what all was going on with that. And, you know, you can kind of sum it up into a, a number of very simple, basic things. The original models, they said, of millions dying were not true. And, of course, now the statistics they have because, you know, George Floyd died of coronavirus. That's what he died of, right? Because he had it at the time he died. And according to the way they're gathering statistics, that's the cause of death. Even if you had a motorcycle accident, if you had coronavirus, that's the cause of death. If you were sick from pneumonia or heart disease or diabetes and you had coronavirus, they put down the cause of death in many states as coronavirus. That's how they're getting the numbers up. Eventually, you can go back and look at the statistics and you'll watch heart disease, diabetes, all these things, obesity. Obesity will kill 300,000 people this year, Two hundred to 300,000 people this year just from being obese. But I can guarantee you that those numbers will drop this year. But that's because they're taking people who are dying of obesity and putting it over into coronavirus deaths. <laughs> And, and that, they're just doing it. They're doing it openly. They say they're doing it. And that's how they're getting the numbers up. Because it never was that lethal. The original models, real simple, number one, they said that it's going to spread. Six people will get it. They'll give it to six more people apiece. That'll be 36 people. Those 36 people will give it to six more people uh, apiece. And eventually you'll have 97 billion people with coronavirus <laughs> I mean that's the way the numbers would lay out if that's the math you're doing there's only 7 billion people on the earth so no that's not going to happen what they don't tell you is that once somebody gets it and they get better which most people do they will no longer spread the virus that becomes a wall in your society that prevents the virus from being spread they don't tell you that But that, and if you're going to do modeling, you have to take that into the equation. The people who did the modeling that everybody used did not consider that in their equation. That is 8th grade math. That is 5th grade math once you understand some of the basics. You didn't do it. The media didn't do it. Ferguson and uh, Great Britain didn't do it, and the college that came out with the other ridiculous model didn't do it. Both those colleges and universities are heavily funded by Bill Gates. That's a coincidence. That's correlation. That's not causation. That's not necessarily why they did. But I can go to Stanford, top uh, virologists there in Stanford. They didn't come up with that model. Uh, Top virologists in New York, they didn't come up with that model. They said it was going to be far less. At the beginning... Fauci said it would be far less. But then he shifted his story. Now, why he shifted his story, that's another deeper reason and and reality. And there's no reason for me to tell you why he did that until you start understanding the process. It's like 
why this is why Christ spoke in parables. He said, it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but it's not given unto them to know. All they're going to need is parables. Why? Because they can't see. They're, they're, they don't, they're like sheep. They will go whichever way their shepherd tells them. But if you have ears for Christ's message, then you can become his sheep and his shepherds will show you the whole truth. I'm just talking on the radio to anybody. Why should I tell you the whole truth? Because you may be swines. <laughs> I don't know. You may be bad people. It could be anybody out there listening on the radio. I don't know that you should hear the whole truth. So I'm not going to tell you why Fauci switched. But I will tell you how you can start turning around your thinking and start seeking the kingdom of God. So, one, their math was fifth grade math. Or, in modern terms, it would be twelfth grade math because most, most twelfth graders today couldn't pass a eighth grade test for graduation <laughs> in the 1920s because you've all been dumbed down. Your teachers have been dumbed down. They don't know history. Uh, they're not really very good at math, at practical math. I mean, you, you, I've sat there and I've looked at fifth grade math books from 1945 giving you math problems the kids in the local high school could not solve. And they were all practical word problems that you would come across in day-to-day life. They're not teaching them that. They're doing busy work and keeping them occupied and keeping them from knowledge in your schools. I had a principal for, uh, just in the house yesterday, I think it was, from uh, lifelong, he's retired now, but lifelong principal. And he said to me once, he says, well, we do a pretty good job in the public schools, don't you think? And I said, no. <laughs> you do a terrible job. He was kind of taken back. We're still friends. He's still coming over. <laughs> They, your kids don't know history. They don't know math. They don't know practical math. They don't know practical skills. Your valedictorians and salutatorians drop out of college. Yeah, no, no, you're not doing a good job at all. And uh, as a matter of fact, you're doing a poor job, which is why 75% of the kids coming out of school think socialism is good. They have no idea why socialism is bad. Every Christian on the face of the earth can tell you right off why socialism is bad. But a lot of people saying they're Christians don't know what I'm talking about. They don't understand that socialism is based on the idea of coveting your neighbor's goods through the agency of men who exercise authority one over the other, and Christ said you can't do that. Christ forbid it. It is not to be that way with you. you know, they don't get it. They they don't understand. <laughs> and that's because they're not real Christians. They're fake Christians. They're the many that Christ talks about. That would say they come in his name, but he doesn't even know them and they don't know him. The same as the Pharisees did not know Moses. They thought they did, but they didn't. So, their math was off. <laughs> that's the basic understanding. Plus, they knew early on, I actually have a letter from Fauci that knew early on that, that, uh, the, that most of the people who get the coronavirus 
don't even show symptoms. They don't even get sick. They don't get a cough. They don't get any symptoms. Of the other half that might get some symptoms, most of those symptoms are extremely mild. They won't go to the doctor. They won't go to the hospital. They won't, nobody will even know that they had coronavirus. So now we're up to 80 to 90% of the people don't go to the hospital. 10% to 5% of the people might go to the hospital with severe symptoms. Actually, less, the more they preach this fear, the less would go to the hospital. Because they were afraid to go to the hospital. Because the fear is contagious. More so than a virus. So, you got about 5% of the people being hospitalized that have coronavirus. That's a tiny little fraction of people. Of those 5%, only like 3 to 4% of the most sick people of those that go, not 3 to 4% of the people, but 3 to 4% of the people who go to the hospital will die. Some of them will die from the treatment they receive in the hospital, not from the coronavirus. Do you, you know over 100,000 people die every year from doctors. Doctors kill 100,000 people every year. How many is that a day? You know, if it was a thousand, it'd be they're killing, you know, more than three a day. A <laughs> hundred thousand, they're killing 300 people a day. <laughs> wow. Doctors are killing them that. And they don't have to wrestle the patients. <laughs> they don't have to try to handcuff them and force them into the car. But they kill a hundred thousand people. We should have them all arrested and charged with murder. Right? No, they're doctors. I don't want to do that. They're trying to take care of our health. Well, they make mistakes. So why are you arresting those four cops? There's no evidence that I have seen anywhere. Now, there might be some evidence. I've read the indictment. <laughs> the indictment doesn't even, isn't even cooperated by the uh, autopsy. And but why why did they rush to that indictment? Because they're afraid the press the and and also they're politically motivated. So, but exactly why I don't know. We'd have to investigate that. I don't have the time for all that. I want you to start waking up and thinking about what you're seeing. You will not have the tools to think about what you're actually seeing. You will not have eyes to see unless you repent and start seeking the kingdom. What does that look like? What does that look like? I created a new page. I got off the coronavirus page, but I have a page called Shutdown. Because the shutdown is killing far more people. And before it's all done, the shutdown will kill far more people than the coronavirus ever could. Even with bad medical help. What is the true story behind the coronavirus? Well, we have a link that, on that page that goes back to our coronavirus page and you can read all that. Although we just kind of summed up some of the basics. Their math was wrong. They've reversed their math. Ferguson reversed his math. He went from 500,000 to 20,000 or less deaths in England. And the only reason they've got the numbers up is because some of them are padding the numbers as well. But people find it really hard to change their mind, and I can't change it. I can give them some facts, and it might change a few people's way of thinking. But unless you repent and seek the kingdom of God, you will not have the tools to ward off this kind of hysteria in the future. 
You will forget all about what I have told you or what you learned from this, and you will do it again, over and over again, because you're addicted to the lie. You're addicted to the lie because you won't let the truth in. And the truth is, you haven't been seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You haven't even been hearing the wholeness of the gospel. So, I asked the question, what was going to save us and did it already save us? Well, of course, one of the things that saved us from the coronavirus is the fact that most people get it, don't even get sick. They get immune and then they start shedding the antibodies. And you pick up the antibodies the same way you pick up a virus. Somebody breathes on you and then that goes in you and you will start producing the antibodies even though you never even got sick. (laughs) because you caught the antibodies. That's the way God set it up. Now, if we translate that over to the kingdom of God, which is cell groups, ten families gather together, and then those that congregation of ten families gathers with ten other or nine other congregations, just like in your body. Now, is it always exactly ten? It could be ten, twelve, nine, eight, five. It doesn't really matter. It's the principle. The, the perfect tens, hundreds, and thousands, ten has always been the perfect number. That is what we're shooting for. That's part of knowing the goal of seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. In order to make it righteous, these people are going to be taking care of one another, helping one another, showing one another the truth, doing the investigations, doing the protection for one another, because they care about one another as much as they care about themselves. They care about their rights as much as they care, their God-given rights as much as they care about their God-given rights of themselves. So that system doesn't need a police force. Because every man is a police force. I was talking to two old guys once, actually yesterday. And uh, I said, you know what the militia is? And they, you know, they're thinking like it's a bunch of guys who get together and get guns and stuff like that. <laughs> no. You know what the militia did most of the time in the early militia of America? They built roads, schools, hospitals. They did it with voluntary contributions of the people. And who were these guys? Well, the militia was considered to be everybody between the ages of 17 and 45. They didn't join anything. They didn't have to sign anything. They didn't have to take an oath. If they were between the able-bodied men between the ages of 17 and 45, they were already members of the militia. Because that is the description. Everybody, every man... Between those ages. So when they were going to build a road, they told everybody in their community and everybody in their community showed up. When we had a fire in our community, everybody showed up. Some people made sandwiches. Some people brought water. Some people brought equipment. But everybody showed up and they stopped the fire. No houses burned. That's the way it works in the kingdom of God. That's the way Seth did it. That's the way Abel did it. That's the way everybody, the early Christians did it. The way Cain does it is he forces everybody to give him money. He hires firemen or policemen to go out and fight the fire. That way can work too if Cain is an honorable man. Which God tells you, tells Cain, that if you do right, it'll be okay. The problem is centralization of power corrupts because power corrupts. 
and Cain is based on centralization of power and forcing people to comply with his will. But he has all his power, so his will can be influenced and corrupted by that power. So it almost always leads to tragedy. It could work, but it almost always leads to tragedy and corruption. Because there are very few people that can withstand the temptation of that corruption. So anyway, that... There's more to that, but we'll have to keep moving on here. So, is the government shut down the real answer to the solution? And we've gone over this. No, it's actually doing more harm. Social spacing is actually doing more harm. The masks are actually doing more harm. For a variety of reasons. But they are actually doing more harm. I mean, you haven't heard all the reasons why the masks are doing harm. You've heard some, like they say, well, it doesn't really stop the virus. You're breathing in your own carbon dioxide. Uh, Just got news from somebody's daughter works in uh, a position where she has to wear a mask all day long. And she's in the hospital with uh, uh, pleurisy because she was wearing the mask too much. She was breathing in moist air that included her own carbon dioxide and what she expelled. You don't just expel carbon dioxide when you breathe out. You you breathe out all kinds of things. And you breathe them back in again. <laughs> and then you breathe them out again. And then you breathe them back in again because you got a mask over your mouth. So that, that's one thing. But there's a lot of other reasons. So anyway, so the shutdown was this most bizarre social experiment in the history of the world with little or no evidence and faulty evidence fed to you by a media with political uh, agendas shut down the entire world com- uh, uh, economy devastated and crippled uh, the, the entire world economy with a few graphs and false comparisons uh, by these talking heads who don't can't even do 8th grade math I mean, the, I could go show you examples that are just like embarrassing, but I want you to start thinking a little bit more about what and why have you been so vulnerable. So the greatest thing out of all this is you can see how we, you were suckered, you were fooled, but now you're doing it with the whole uh, George Floyd thing. They are clearly not giving you the whole, I just saw a few clips of Maddow. Who's showing clips of the riots and, you know, police brutality and it's so severe and it's all this terrible. She doesn't show you what they're dealing with. Well, they have people throwing stuff at them, spitting at them. And all these supposed pre, pre, uh, peaceful protesters, they are giving cover to the guys breaking the windows and setting the fires. Which are destroying the very communities they say that they're protesting to protect from the horrible police. But the the police are the police aren't killing all the black people. Uh, you're less likely to be killed by police if you're black than if you're white. Fifty percent, forty-four to fifty percent of all the homicides in the United States are committed by black people on black people. Now, that's not a race thing. I don't even want to bring it up. But the fact is, is it's a cultural thing. And it's not black culture. It's dem- democratic socialist culture that is causing this. 
And, and we go through this when our studies of Polybius and Plutarch and John the Baptist. I mean, the whole point of John the Baptist was saying, you take care of your society not by force, but by free will offerings. By sharing what you have with others in a way. You can't do that by handing $20 out the car window. We've talked about that. You do that by sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands picking charitable men amongst you who have good judgment to redistribute the wealth you're willing to share with the needy of your society in a way that strengthens the poor. That's Christianity. That's following what Christ told the early church to do. That's setting up a daily ministration based on faith, hope, and charity rather than force, fear, and fealty. Which is what you have now. You have to pay in to men you supposedly elect. And now they're trying to undermine your elections. That you give power to, not over your stuff, but over you yourself. So that you can shut down your business at a whim. You have become so weak as a people. So cowardly as a people. That you're led down a road to destruction. I feel like Jeremiah. Ezekiel. You, you, there's no even point of being a Gideon because the people won't follow and, and do what they need to do. We can start teaching the ministers and we'll show you how in the human body you have ministers now. But you have to change. You have to get a grip. But we'll have to do that when we come back to Keys of the Kingdom because we've already used up half our time. But so be right back to Keys of the Kingdom. Well, welcome back to Keys to the Kingdom. So, uh, we can, we, we can learn from all this experience of these things, uh, and begin to understand what is really going on so that we do not repeat the same mistakes that we have made in the past. Unfortunately, if you go back in history, if you just go back a few years in history, the last time we were supposedly going up into space, and going to be heading eventually to the moon, uh, there were riots that were going on. There were actually disease threats that came along a couple of times during that period too. And eventually we went to having assassinations. And, uh, and of course, wars and rumors of wars. And I, and I can tell you that there are many countries that are gearing up for massive wars, stockpiling all kinds of stuff, for wars and for devastation. They're not going to share them with you. <laughs> so you can pretty much count that out. But that that goes on all the time. It's just history repeating itself. The question is, what side of history do you want, want to be on? Do you want to be on the side of Christ who uh, and the, the early Christians who survived the decline and fall of the Roman Empire? Or do you want to go down with the ship? And the fact is, is that you're, you've got to look at things differently. You have to think differently. That's what repentance is, is thinking differently. You know, Plato said thousands of years ago, the measure of a man is what he does with power. And I just explained to you, the more you centralize power in government, which socialism always does and communism always does, the more you will corrupt your leaders because they will have all this power and power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's just the way it is. 
All power in government originated in the individual. So who got the power, the original power? How did the power of choice given to God, given by God to every man end up in the hands of governments that rule over man? How did man give government the power to rule over him? Well, acquiescence, sloth, avarice, covetousness, all these things that we call vices. And again, vices are evil. But vices are the absence of good. Darkness is the absence of light. So all the problems that you're having right now with fires and riots and overtaxation, I mean, now they want to do away with the police department. They're not going to do away with the police department. That's it. They're just filling your... The police department makes them money. <laughs> Police departments produce revenue, trillions of dollars in revenue. It wasn't that way originally, but see, because of corruption, it's, it's crept in. Fines, fees, court fines, all these things. It's just, they're revenue officers. Now, I'll admit that many of the cops have a legitimate desire to see law and order. But they have been turned in by the political uh Pundits into revenue officers who go out there. They have to write so many tickets and they have to, you know, uh, impound property. They're just there to accumulate. And in some places, they accumulate a huge amount of revenue for cities. Cities are actually existing still with the poor budgets that they have because of the revenues that police officers generate by giving fines and imposing fees and and all these things on the people. That's the way it is. Even the rehabilitation programs, you have to pay to go to the courses and the classes, you know, the uh, anti-aggression uh, classes or the driving classes. It's all generating funds at your expense. Now, they talk about, you know, proactive policing and, uh, you know, this aggressive policing. They need to be doing it according to the kingdom. And eventually we'll get around to talking a little bit about that. But you don't know even what the kingdom looks like and how it operates. And I gave you the the equating this with the human body. In your body, in every organ of your body, there are cells that can detect. They actually are checking the DNA of everything they come into contact with. And they're checking that DNA against the original DNA in your body. If they find that something's in there that's not you, that is DNA from a foreign invader, they will mark it, they will destroy it, they will turn it off, they will incapacitate. That's how you get rid of cancers. That's how you get rid of viruses. That's how you get rid of diseases. Now, these cells will also send out exosomes telling other cells about the foreign invader. T cells, blood cells, white blood cells. They will inform them that there's a foreign agent in here, even chemicals that have gotten into the body and we need to isolate them and to, to keep the whole body healthy. That's going on inside you right now to the tune of millions and millions of cells. But not every cell has that ability to see what's coming in. The more of those cells you have, the better off you are. 
the better those cells are at detecting these foreign agents and, and poisons and toxins, the healthier you are. The more you put foreign toxins in your body, the more you may, may tax them, which is the P40, uh, uh, SV40 virus that they got from the polio vaccine. That's what it's doing. It's preoccupying those cells and, and that part of your immune system so that you end up, you know, 20, 30 years later getting multiple cancers because the cells, the P54 proteins that's supposed to turn off those cancers are overtaxed by the presence of the SV40. Now, that CDC has admitted that. 93 million Americans were infested with SV40 uh, monkey virus, uh, simian uh, virus and uh, it's it's causing maybe millions of people to get cancer today and th- that i mean that's right off the S- uh, cdc website so that's not a conspiracy theory this is fact your media is not going to tell you this i've told everybody on the network this we put up pages that show that and connect the studies that show that but you're not going to get that in public school you're not going to get that in the general media because that's like anti-vax. I'm not anti-vax. I'm anti-poisoning <laughs> your system and contaminating it with diseases. But I work mostly with the poisons and contaminants that you already have in your mind. That you think vaccines are your salvation. That we will not come out of this with the governor. I said it. I've, I made a mistake. Kate Brown, who claims to be the governor of Oregon. <laughs> She's not the governor of Oregon. Uh, she's violated Article 2, Section 22, so she's not the governor of Oregon. She's forfeited that office. But anyway, that's another story, which we tell people in Oregon. They they can't believe it, but we have all the evidence there laid right out in front of them. But they're all kowtowing down. Why? Because they're not really Christians. See, if you were really Christians, you'd already sat down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. You'd have a vast network already reaching all across Oregon. When the truth came out through that network, everybody could look at the facts, weigh it for themselves, be judge and jury, and deciding what their opinion will be rather than having it manufactured by the media. And they would say, wait a minute, she's not the governor. And you get 10 or 100 people in uh, Oregon to take her to court. And you should win. Because there won't be... Most of the Supreme Court has to recuse themselves because they were appointed by her when she was not the governor. So you, you will probably win that. But you have to have at least ten good men. You know, it's kind of like Moses' dilemma, uh, not Moses, excuse me, Abraham's dilemma at the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> it appears that we don't have ten good men in Oregon who are willing to fight this <laughs> for the truth. So, I don't know. You know, I put it out to a lot of men who say they're good men and they're activists and they're for the Constitution, but there they have a clear violation they're not doing anything about it. So hopefully they'll listen. More and more people are telling me they listen. When I was on this intellectual dark web and I presented some of these things, I thought I was going to get trolled something severe. I got one guy said something I couldn't even make out what he was talking about. So, but he seemed to be negative. I looked at some of the other things. He seemed to be negative about everything, and he's not very bright. But 
I was shocked at the number of people that gave me a thumbs up that are in agreement. I know there's a few that don't want to agree with me, but they've all been shut down by those who did agree. And I said some pretty radical things that are contrary to what you hear in the news, some of which I've shared with you. So there are people out there who will see. Unfortunately, those people are all over the country and they're not all in Oregon. But I haven't talked to everybody in Oregon. Because uh, we don't get out to all these people, we don't get, we don't have access to the megaphone of the media. <laughs> so we had to create our own media. But if you were doing what the kingdom is all about, what Christ was all about, what early Christianity was all about, I would say this and lay out the facts with all the footnotes so you can pe- look it up yourselves. And every single church, real church in Oregon would share that information. Everybody can make the decision in their own heart and their mind with the truth available to them. But alas, these churches are not real churches. They're plugged in more to the media theme and the lies and because they're so used to sharing those lies. So anyway, back to the question, how did the power of choice given by God to every man, end up in the hands of governments that rule over man. That rule one over another. Well, it's because you haven't been doing the gospel. And you have been looking to the government for your benefits, your welfare, your public education, your health care, all this stuff. And it's leading you into destruction. Just like Jeremiah said, Ezekiel said, Christ warned, John the Baptist warned, all the apostles warned. So, an individual is endowed by his creator with power. And that that endowment is the love of God, because God should have all the power. But he has given you the power of choice to go after the kingdom or go after the world. This is the choice you have. If you decide to go after the world... And operate according to fear and greed and sloth and covetousness. You will be changed. If you turn around and repent, sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, and start trying to take care of one another through faith, hope, and charity, through a daily ministration of charity rather than one of force, you will be changed back. You will be born again. And God, if you're really sincere, will know and, and give you grace. In that pursuit of what is true, you will be granted grace beyond what you deserve. Because it will be a gift unto you. So, uh, if you don't, you will suffer the burdens of tyranny. So, the solution is not in getting mad at the system, not in getting mad at the rioters. Can you imagine if everybody who was a Christian... You know, I've seen now, I've seen elements... On a positive note, I've seen elements where people were protecting their stores and they saw somebody getting ready to break into a neighbor's store that was across the street and they came out and they said, get away from there and they called the police and police came eventually and, uh, but they, they stalled them long enough and so when the police came, they all, the bad guys, most of them jumped in their cars and, and took off. Some of them ran off and some of them were caught. But, the reality was it was because a few people stood up and said, get away from there. And uh, if you really want to make your city safe, those few people have to start becoming Christian, real Christians, 
and they have to get organized in the ten hundreds of thousands. Can you imagine if every business on that block sat down together and organized themselves into tens, hundreds, and thousands? And the next block, because if if the stores on the other side of you get on fire, you may catch fire too. So you want this spreading through from block to block to block that everybody sits down and they say, We're gonna help one another protect our stores. Just just start with your storefronts. You know, some of them lived over the stores. You know, like that couple who was brutally beaten uh, by by thugs on the street. You know, Maddow's not going to show you that video. <laughs> she uh, that that would uh, defeat the scenario. She's going to try to show you uh, police are being bad. Then the police are the problem. Well, you can take away the police, and you're going to see what the problem really is. But the problem is you're not being Christians because you're all policemen in the kingdom. Every one of you are policemen in the kingdom. You're not going to be giving anybody tickets. <laughs> you're not going to be fining anybody. But you're going to be there protecting one another. Now, if all those people on that block and the next block got together and organized themselves into tens, hundreds, thousands, you can do it so much now because you got these electronic devices and everything uh, to help you get over the, the hump. And you say, well, uh, Okay, who's on watch on our street tonight? He can stay in the store, but he can look out and see what's going on in the other stores. He might even have a key to one of the other stores that has a better place to look out from and maybe better bathroom and, you know, uh, a better little kitchenette and everything. So he can watch and he can see more of the stores in there. And he knows he can see down to the next block where he can see another Guy who's going to be there. And they take turns. So there's, everybody doesn't have to do this every night. But if he sees something going on, he texts. And the text goes out to everybody. And guys start showing up. <laughs> and they show up in an organized fashion. Not like a mob. That They actually regulate themselves. So they show up as a group. A unified group. Stand not as a mob, but a shoulder to shoulder. They know who their shepherd is and they line up. You can get, you know, I've, I've told people about this, hundreds of sheep up on the desert. And when I take them up on the desert where they smell coyotes and mountain lions, buckets, <laughs> they, they, they get a sense of together. All lined up shoulder to shoulder. With their heads down grazing across the desert. Nobody going out ahead of anybody else. Nobody falling behind. Shoulder to shoulder. All the way across the desert. Hundreds of sheep. How did they do that? I didn't organize them. I didn't make them stand in a line. March in a straight line. They did it because... they And, and they did it with a brain about the size of a baseball. <laughs> Maybe not even some of them as big as a baseball. They figured this out. You guys haven't figured it out yet. So therefore your stores are getting burned. Your stores are getting shut down. Your, your business and livelihoods are gone out the window and all they had to do is put out a little cheese. We'll give you a thousand dollars for your rights. <laughs> they sold out cheap. So anyway, back to the kingdom, back to the gospel. And now I, I mentioned that I'm going through, uh, the minor prophets and that's where I'm, my focus also I've, I made some breakthroughs on this book I've been writing now for years. Um, 
and I now can make some connections. And we're going to get into that eventually, probably not this show, but in subsequent shows. But you need to understand how you've been fooled with the coronavirus. The people have been fooled with this uh, George Floyd thing. Uh, you know, I can, you, you, we have a page called George Floyd now uh, at Preparing You. And you can go read it. And I'll probably be adding to it because I've only done so much. I see that i got a few little niches in here that still have to be fixed. But I quote, I, I give you a, a link to the autopsy report so you can go do it. Right off, he says, the coroner, somebody said that the, the coroner said it was homicide. Yeah, that word didn't even in the, either in the preliminary report or the final report. And actually, this isn't the final, final report because there's still tests coming back. But, uh, the, I mean, the 20 page report starts off, no life threatening injuries identified. You can find, and it, this were extremely detailed because they knew this was going to be controversial. No life-threatening injuries. Now, of course, immediately the family's lawyer, they went out and got a lawyer, because they're going to sue, because there's millions of dollars in it, suing. Uh, and they hired a private coroner, and he comes up and says, oh, it was asphyxiation. Well, they're going to get millions and millions of dollars. They're going to get more money than they can earn in a lifetime if they win their case. They cannot win their case if they're coroner, if the, the guy, their examiner, I don't know what his, I haven't looked up his credentials, but that's why you have a trial, is that he's going to present his side and the other guy's going to present his side, but uh, the extensive, detailed uh, examination of the head, the skull, uh, looking for bruising, looking for, you know, was the pressure on his neck causing any bruising? Was it causing any crushing? Was it causing any damage to his esophagus? The reason you put your knee on from that backside is it doesn't strangle him. Uh, it holds him down, yes. But he was resisting, severely resisting. He wasn't just arguing. He was violently resisting those officers. And they held him down for only eight minutes. And not digging into his neck because it caused no bruising. No evidence of trauma. Uh, e- either in the muscles or in the thyroid or in the cartilage or in the bones. Anywhere that he could find. Uh, you know, the, uh, looking for uh, symptomatic uh, reddening or any of those things. Not finding it. He did find a cyst in one place. But that was a pre-existing condition. But that didn't have anything to do with his death. He died evidently from heart failure. And because he had a bad heart, which they didn't know about. He looked like a pretty strong guy. There are less, you're less likely to die from police than you are to die from doctors. And the police don't get a sterile environment in which to deal with you. They are often wrestling with you and fighting with you because you're not cooperative, which is the case here. And he was doing that because he was intoxicated on drugs. But uh, with uh, methamphetamines, fentanyl, uh, norfentanyl, cannabinoids, uh, THC, all these things were in his system. And so he was, he was pretty drugged out. And that's why he was probably giving them a hard time. But they're not telling you all that. They're not showing you the videos of his fighting with them and struggling with them. And so they fooled you. 
How much are your preachers not showing you about the gospel of the kingdom? Do they tell you that you should not be engaging in covetous practices and that if you do, it will end up making you merchandise human resources? It will curse your children. It will make them a surety for debt that they will never pay off. That That is what they're doing. And they're not, your preachers are not telling you. We're telling you. We're not only telling you, we're telling you how the solution is. Now, eventually you're not just going to be protecting your, your stores or fronts or your houses and your neighborhoods from zombies. Uh, but you, you may be trying to survive from the destruction that the zombies are fomenting upon society. And, you know, I could I could tell you a lot about that too, but until you repent and start doing what Christ said, sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, caring about your neighbor, that process of having to get up and care about your neighbor as much as you care about yourself is going to awaken parts of your mind and your body that you don't even know exist. This is the immune system. When the good shepherd cells of your immune system recognize the poison, the lie, the the falsehood that is getting into your body and making you ill, it will notify you. But you have to be willing to listen to it. If you're all drugged down on PCBs and welfare, PCPs and welfare and methamphetamines, the drugs and addictions of a society the pleasures of the society, you're not going to hear the good shepherd cells of your body. You will remain a scattered flock. You will not graze on the desert shoulder to shoulder. You will not know how to do that. But the more you do that, I can guarantee you, if I had the, the blackface sheep, which are a farm flock, they've been inside the fence so long they don't know how to graze on the desert. I've actually tried to do that. <laughs> I've got lots of stories in our hundreds and hundreds of uh, deals about uh, Cora and all the insurrection we had with the blackface sheep that had been so long in fence fields that they no longer knew what it meant to be free rain sheep, to work together on the desert to keep everybody safe. They didn't know how to do that. They'd forgotten how to do that. Occasionally we get coyotes or wolves in the field or mountain lions or bobcats that awaken them to do that. Unfortunately, sometimes we lose a few who stray too far from the foe. So if you're not, I mean, you have to discipline yourself. And it's easy to do if you actually care about your neighbor as much as you care. But if you keep falling away from your congregations, if you don't have your call-ins or your meetings, you don't come to, you know, we're going to have the Burning Bush Festival in the first, uh, I think it's the 5th and 6th, 7th, 8th of uh, September uh, out here. If you don't want to come to that, that's fine. Nobody's making you. But if you make that concerted effort to get here and try to get others here, you know, we just, we're, we're out on Spotify now. So you can hear old shows on Spotify and some of the new shows that we make out up on the other, uh, radio broadcasts. And hopefully I'm going to get to more podcasts 
that you can hear them on Spotify. But if there's any other media that you'd like to listen to radio shows on, let us know. Join the network. Go to Preparing You, org or Preparing You. Join the network by joining an email group that is near you, uh, you know, based on geography. And then eventually join the Living Network by uh, joining the congregation because a lot of information is going to go out through the congregations. It's not going to go out through email because email isn't going to help you <laughs> when things get bad. So anyway, uh, we're going to come up here to another break and then we're going to try to sum this up and get through this and we'll go on from there. But now is your time to join us at preparingyou.com or hisholychurch.org. So welcome back. Uh, so what's the answer? The answer, of course, is seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And uh, that's what most people don't really grasp is what that looks like. Uh, I, I added a little bit to uh, the page on uh, George Floyd uh, about the fact that they're talking about defunding police and they won't do that because police actually produce revenue. They will make life harder for police. Uh, they will probably remove the better policemen. This is usually the way it works. They'll remove the better policemen and they will keep the ones that are absolutely happy with the idea of asset forfeiture and happy with the idea of giving lots and lots of tickets and fining people. And they're not going to want to incarcerate them because that's expensive. There'll be lobbyists in the private prison system that will want them to do that because they make millions of dollars off of that. And then, of course, if they make millions of dollars off it, they can afford to bribe and do kickbacks to politicians, which we've seen men arrested taking... uh, There were men in Pennsylvania, two judges in Pennsylvania, that were taking millions of dollars in bribes from the prison system to put juveniles into jail rather than to release them on probation. So they were giving teenagers jail records because there was so much money to be had in keeping those juvenile halls and juvenile prison systems packed with teenagers. So a lot of kids were going to jail that should have never gone to jail and two judges took millions of dollars. Millions of dollars in bribes. That's how much money we're talking about. That's the ones they caught. They didn't catch the ones in Humboldt County and many of the other counties that are doing that. Just a couple of naive guys in Pennsylvania were so blatantly corrupt that they... Uh, they got caught. But it goes on all across the United States and Louisiana. I know I have, we have a network of some sort, so I, I get a lot of this feedback. I actually know some of the people that are involved in the corruption, even over here as local as Klamath Falls, uh, which is, you know, 50 miles as the crow flies, but 120 miles as the roads go. Corruption in their government was just blatant. And, uh, I mean, serious mafia connections. Paying people off. Because we're dealing with millions of dollars in these criminal industries. But even in, like I say, in the prison system, this is going on. It's all going on because you're not actually doing what Christ said. You know, I mentioned the militia back in the 17, 1800s were building roads, schools. They also built prisons. Yeah, they built prisons. They had 
ministers in those prisons reforming the prisoners, those that would be reformed. There's no guarantee that people will reform. But they were doing a remarkable job, and uh, Alexei Tocqueville was over here studying our prisons when he ended up writing this this story of uh, democracy in America. And we will get into some of that when we get into where the solution really is. And uh, and the root cause, I say, you know, at least on the Floyd page, is uh, it, of this violent crowd psychology has to do with the fact that we're not seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We, as in the policemen, aren't the problem. There's a few bad cops. There's a few bad doctors. I mean, there were actually doctors who were serial killers. Killing people on purpose. <laughs> but they had a white coat. Everybody did what they said. And they got away with it for years. <laughs> so, uh, But that's because we make gods of these men. I don't want to make gods of the police. But I don't want to make demons out of them either. Defunding the police is a stupid idea. A really dumb idea. It's not going to happen. And it's not really addressing the problem. They have a thing called proactive policing. But like I say, that's usually going after minor crimes and misdemeanors that will produce revenue for the city. That is not policing either. Policing is sitting down with all the business owners, all the homeowners, all the people in the community and teaching them the tens, hundreds, and thousands principle of being there for your neighbor. And like I said, during the riots, we saw some people showing up for their neighbor. They were not very well organized at it, but you better get organized at it because the problem is not going away. The problem is, is you're not gathering for the well-being of your neighbor. You don't go to your church to love your neighbor because love is not an emotion. You go to the church to help your neighbor, to be there for your neighbor, to help the widow and orphan and needy of your society in a way that strengthens them. That's what Christianity is about, but that's not what you're doing. You're going there to feel good, to have your ears tickled and your back rubbed. And you have to repent of that and go the other way. So, anyway, so on the shutdown page... Like I said, under the heading, there's a lot of headings if you go there at Preparing You. You'll see that, you know, Corona shutdown, we talk about that. And we talk about relinquishing power. And uh, that's the next heading. And that's where I ask the question, a measure of a man is what he does with power. What you've done with power is you've given the power to government to make choices for you, decisions for you. In the kingdom of God, you do give power to your minister But you only give power to your minister to redistribute the wealth you choose to contribute to him. You do not give him the power to extract wealth from you. That's what you do in the government. That's that's your priest. That's your minister is the government. You've given them the power to take money from you and to, to redistribute it to provide you with your benefits. But those are the... The, the rewards of unrighteousness, the wages of unrighteousness, because they're based on force, because you gave him the power to take from your neighbor, and when you did that, you also gave him the power to take from you. You want, you think that, oh well, he will take from the 1%, the rich people. You know, the 1% by definition is a minority, so you're just trying to take money from the minority in the community. <laughs> 
No, that isn't the way. What you want is the rich to be your allies. You want the rich to be sitting down with you. That's what Pentecost was all about. Or Passover. That's what Passover was all about. Passover was the rich sit with the poor. And the poor sit with the rich. Because they're coming together because they care about one another. And the rich man, he may give half of everything he has. And you may only give a penny. (laughs) Because that's all you can afford. But you learn to sit together and, and... Judaism understood that. Christianity understood that. Christ understood that. And so, but you don't understand that. You may, they got you dividing, thinking, oh, let's take from the rich and then we'll have free benefits. No. But, cause when you do that, you also give them the power to take from you. And so, you, you want to take a bite out of your neighbor, cause you say, well, he's rich, I can take a bite out of my neighbor. You will be devoured. That's what the Bible tells you in the New Testament. If your preachers haven't warned you of this, they're not preachers of Christ. You know, William Pitt said, As long as we look to government to solve our problems, we will always suffer tyranny. Well, that's not actually 100% true. Because the government of God is the answer. But the government of God is not men who exercise authority one over the other because we're forbidden to do that. We're actually public servants. Your minister should be your public servant. But he doesn't operate by force and fear and fealty. He operates by faith, hope, and charity. But that's a government too. But the power of the government to make choices and make decisions is in the hands of the individual still. All the forms of government you know of, you take the power of the individual choice and put it in the hands of politicians and bureaucrats and fake governors. (laughs) And they tell you what to do. And they make you do stupid things. But if you want your rights back, you have to take your responsibilities back. I like listening to Anomalies, one of those guys on Facebook. And I've watched his progression changing from the total liberal that he was and even socialist that he was. And he's starting to go the other way. And he just did a, a little video on uh, accountability, personal accountability. You not only have to be accountable for what you do, you have to be accountable for what your neighbor does. Because you have to care about your neighbor as much as you care about yourself. That is the message of Christ. And he told you how to do it. But you're not doing it. When you start sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and start gathering together with the full intention of caring about one another, that, that that's a huge learning curve. But that's where you got to go. So our, our next heading would be, should have, could have. We should have seen the truth sooner and detected the lies as they were coming. I did. I told our network. I saw this before I got the letter from Fauci. I, I, got, I saw this coming because I saw in me this sense that the numbers are not adding up. Something's wrong here. So I started looking up the numbers. And they said that they got this model. That doesn't make sense. It just seemed like it was right. I didn't have any logical reason. Just that my inner compass said that isn't right. And you should all have that inner compass too. But you've given that up because you've given up your responsibilities. So I did the research. I took the time out of my work day to go and work for you 
for free. Did the research. Said, wait a minute, the numbers aren't adding up. Go to the Diamond Princess. They say, I actually heard somebody, uh, somebody shared a deal on Facebook. It's an English guy who goes and looks at these things. Even his statistics were wrong. He was saying like, I don't know what he say, 30% or whatever it was on the Diamond Princess cruise ship were infected by the virus. No, it's probably more like 80% were infected by the virus. But the PCR test does not show you that. It won't show you how many were infected. But probably 80% were infected. That's over a 1,000 people. Uh, for all I know, it was even more than that. And unless you have, unless somebody goes back and gives them the serology test, they won't know. And even if they give them the serology test, they won't know. But they'll have a better figure. But seven people die the death rate was less than a half a percent on that board that ship. Because everybody, that was a closed environment. Everybody was probably introduced to the virus. They just didn't all get sick. And many of them that did get the virus and produced the antibodies didn't even show symptoms. And the PCR test failed to recognize it because all it's looking for is debris. And if they got quick immunity, there would not be very much debris. And so therefore they would look like they didn't get it. The only way to know if they got it is if they're producing the antibodies. The latent antibodies especially that come about 27 days later. But you don't know that because you don't do the research. Your ministers don't do the research. Your media doesn't do the research. And I don't even, can't even guarantee that all the research is because you have to read numerous studies in order to put all this together. And I do all this for free in my spare time. I had a little bit more spare time in the last couple of days because I injured myself. <laughs> so I took a little bit more time and I had some breakthroughs on, on understanding stuff. So in that whole section of what we could have done is what we, and we should have done, we should have been doing 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, and actually 2,000 years ago we were doing it, but we've gotten away from it. We've gotten away from the ways of the kingdom. So like, you know, like Mark Twain says, it's easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled. No, duh. That is really difficult. Why? Numerous reasons. Because we're creatures of habit, but also because we're vain. We're, we have to become like little children and say, you know, teach me, show me. Now, I'm not going to, I don't want you to do what I say because I say it. I want to teach you how to think. How to be guided in your thinking. How to quiet down your addictions and your vanity so that you begin to see the truth as it really is. You know, a conspiracy is just a secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. That's all a conspiracy is. And there are people doing that all the time. Every burglar does it. <laughs> you know, I mean, if he's a lone burglar, he's not a group, so it wouldn't follow a conspiracy. But maybe he's got a split personality. <laughs> it's just a conspiracy of the individual. But the reality is that's going on all the time. But you won't be fooled if you do what Christ said. You will have insight into what's going on. So the next section was crisis of opportunity. And Winston Churchill once said, he's not the only one who said it, never let a good crisis go to waste. Um, he probably got that from Machiavelli. 
who wrote, Never Waste the Opportunity Offered by a Good Crisis. Or Julius Caesar, or Pharaoh, or Nimrod, or all these guys saw these opportunities that they took a crisis and made it to their advantage. Uh, what, what did John F. Kennedy, I have a quote here from him, the Chinese use two brush strokes to write the word crisis. One brush stroke stands for danger, the other for opportunity. In a crisis, be aware of the danger, but recognize the opportunity. Because you have an opportunity now, with the riots, with the coronavirus, to start coming together. And especially if they start, uh, they are going to cut back on the police department that protects you, but they're not going to cut back on the police department that finds you. And, uh, you know, shuts down your businesses at their whim. Uh, or takes your children. Or forces vaccinations. They're not gonna cut down, they're just gonna cut down on the ones that actually come and answer calls and protect you. I was reading the police report by our local sheriff and I said, they've turned them into a giant babysitter. Why? Because you people are not doing what Christ said. All you fake Christians are hiding in your house when your neighbors are ravaging your neighbors. Uh, and you're not supporting your police. And the media is getting you to do it so that you don't even, you don't even know. You're cutting your own throat one slice at a time. I can't believe it. All tyranny needs to gain a foothold is for men of good conscience to remain silent. Well, you're not going to have a good conscience unless you're willing to admit that you've been fooled. Not only about the coronavirus and the Covington boys and the, and the George Floyd and, and, uh, all this other stuff, but you've been fooled about the gospel of the kingdom. You are not doing what the early church did. You are doing what the Pharisees did when Christ said they were making the word of God to none effect. You need to repent. You need to gather in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. I hear from a lot of people that say they're listening to every radio program and they really like it. And hopefully if we get out on all these other medias with your help. I don't have the time to sit down and, and start going through. I don't have... Uh, promotion manager. That's your job. You have to spread the good news. We're making it available so that you can spread it. We're not charging anybody for it. All the books are online for free. All the articles are online for free. All the audios are online for free. But it's not free. You have to give, you have to give up your delusions. And you have to Sit down and do what Christ said. So if you're listening to the audios and you're not a part of the tens, hundreds, and thousands, even phone congregations, because I know a lot of you are spread out, then you're not seeking the kingdom. You're not pursuing it. If you don't show up regularly, if you keep forgetting to show up, why would you expect anybody to show up when you needed help? If you had to evacuate where you live, where are you going to go? Why would anybody want you to come to their place? Why would they want to give you shelter if you wouldn't even show up to find out if they needed help? 
If you don't even do the simple, obvious, logical thing that Christ said to do, which was to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, do not expect any loaves and fishes when you are out of food. Because Christ did not pass out any loaves and fishes until the people organized themselves in a regulated, well-regulated, well-organized network of tens, hundreds, and thousands. Not regulated by the ministers, regulated by you, because it's all voluntary. It's all based on free will. We're t- giving you back your right to choose. Your power to choose, which is what Romans 13 is all about. Because we want to let every man remain subject to his power to choose, his liberty to choose. Because we know all liberty is of God, and there is no liberty but of God. And anyone who opposes liberty opposes God. We know that because that's what Paul wrote down. That's what Paul was saying. The governments are there for the evil. But if you're a real Christian, you're not the evil. You will have God protecting between you and the evil. Because you've repented and you're going this other way. You've, you've turned around your thinking. In Psalm 7 it says, He made a pit and digged it. And is fallen into the ditch which he made. That's where you guys are at. Surrounded by savage zombies. Perfect savage zombies. And now you need to turn around and go the other way. Resistance is futile. That's the next section. There are many who are now taking to resisting the narrative because they are beginning to feel the frustration and discover the lies and incompetence, if not the conspiracy of opportunities looking for power and profit at their expense. But you don't resist evil. That isn't the answer. That's why Christ said resist not evil. Don't fight against it. Don't get mad. Get organized the way Christ said to get organized. What did he mean when he said resist not evil? But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him also the other. That's Matthew 5.39. What's he talking about? Well, that's not the only thing you're supposed to do. You were supposed to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and start caring about one another so that God can be your salvation and your protector. He will give you eyes to see and ears to hear. But you have to change your thinking. You have to repent and seek that kingdom of God, not the kingdoms of the world and the benefits of unrighteousness, the rewards of unrighteousness, the wages of unrighteousness. They translate it a couple different ways. You have to think differently and start looking for the benefits of God, which is the opportunity to exercise your free will choice to love your neighbor. If you're not going to do that, God is not going to hear you. You can imagine that he's hearing you, but he's not going to hear you. Now, God has been holding back 
So it gets bad enough that you wake up. But now it's time to wake up. If you're hearing this message, you need to act. You need to be a doer of the word. And we're going to explain more about why he said that. The psychology, the crowd psychology of why you need to be a doer of the word. Because if you're not a doer of the word, you will not overcome the wages of sin. Being a doer of the word, you have to also learn the song of Moses. And the song of the Lamb. You're not singing that now. But that's what you need to learn to sing. And we'll talk more about that. Nietzsche, who is kind of the father of this postmodern society that we see. I mean, he was a real smart guy. But he was missing some very important points. Beware that when fighting monsters, you yourself do not become a monster. For when you gaze long into the abyss, the abyss gazes also into you. This is what happens, you know, I talked about before the movie Dr. Zhivago, the book Dr. Zhivago, the little guy who wanted to save the poor and save the abused, save the oppressed, the, the social justice warrior of his day, the little guy with little wire rim glasses, became a mass murderer and died at the hands of the murderers that he created. And uh, that is not the way to go. You want to fight against evil, stand up for what's right. And stand up for what's right in the way that Christ said to do it. Pride goeth before the fall. Stop biting one another. Learn to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. So join us at Preparing You or HisHolyChurch.org and join the network and become a part of the solution instead of a part of the problem. Till then, peace on your house. And may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.